Welcome, folks, to the first show of the new year, 2020, and uh, we had a great, great, great lot of shows last last year. I'm sure you'd listen to them on the archives, and we've got a lot more planned for this year, so this can be an exciting year for the Stone and Tile show. Uh, I thought I'd mention I have a bunch of announcements to make before we get into our stain removal secrets and tips here, but uh, it was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, the, the radio show host that I'm using here, uh, will give me statistics, and one of the statistics they give me is the countries that have listened into the show. I'm going to give you a quick rundown here. We've got uh, almost 30 different countries, and in, in addition, of course, the United States. We have Sweden, Finland, uh, the United Kingdom, both England, Scotland, and Ireland, Romania, Egypt, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, India, Italy, China, Australia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Greece, Germany. United Arab Emirates, Oman, France, Russia, Spain, Portugal, Netherlands, South Korea, Thailand, Bangladesh, Taiwan, Ukraine, and the map just gets get, keeps lighting up there every every week. We are now up to almost 8,000 listeners, uh, which is really good. So I'd like to first of all, before we get started here, thank uh, my current sponsors, which is NTCA, the National Tile Contractors Association, Tough Skin Protection, and of course, ESP Sales. So thanks, guys, for sponsoring uh, the Stone and Tile Show. And if I didn't mention it, I'm your host, uh, Fred Houston. Um, some of the exciting things we have coming this year, I just announced today that uh, since the January class at the at the Stone Show in, in Las Vegas is full, I'm going to be offering another class this June. The dates are June 15th through the 18th. And I'm going to be holding that in DeBerry, Florida. And uh, if you don't want to Google where DeBerry, Florida is, it's just north uh, of Orlando. So you would fly into either Orlando or the Sanford Airport. But, uh, again, this class will probably fill up quick. I know it's only six months away, so that's going to happen real quick, just like last year did. At least it did for me. So if you want to get registered, I'd suggest that you uh, send me an email. It's F. F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com, and we'll get you signed up uh, for that class. Uh, again, I still have stickers left. Uh, if you've been following my Facebook page, uh, you know I'm giving away these stickers, the Stone and Tile Show stickers, and I'm going to be giving away a, a prize worth $500 here and then pretty soon. Uh, so I'll need you to uh, send me an email let me have your mailing address, and I'll send you two stickers, and you can place them either on your truck or your toolbox. And then what I need you to do is send me a picture with you showing that sticker, and uh, I will choose the winner, and uh, someone will end up getting that $500 value prize. Uh, also, I want to mention that I have a historic class uh, I don't have a live one right now, but I do have one that's recorded. So if you're interested in historic stone and tile restoration, I do have that class. Again, send me an email. Also, on the failure and troubleshooting class, if anyone can't make it to the class coming up in June, I do have a correspondence course, uh, which basically is several live recordings of the of the class itself as well as a self-guided PowerPoint presentation. And it pretty much has everything that the live course does other than I won't be there and you won't have the opportunity to ask me questions as they come up. Of course, with the correspondence course, you can always send me an email with a question. I'll be more than happy to answer that, uh, that as well. 
Uh, I'm also selling the manual separately. If you just want to purchase the uh, stone and tile failures manual, I have that for sale uh, as well. So uh, again, any of these uh, seminars, the manuals, the stickers, uh, whatever, go ahead and send me an email at fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. Of course, uh, during the show here, if you want to call in, if you have a question, a comment, or whatever, just want to chat, the telephone number here live is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. I have my messenger open, so if you're on Facebook and you want to send me a message on Messenger there, I'd be more than happy to take that as well and answer your question if you're a little hesitant about talking on the radio. And of course, this show is going to be archived, just like all the other shows. And those, all those shows are available. I think we're almost up to 70 shows, so we've done a lot of shows. Also, want to mention my YouTube channel. I'm getting ready to do a really interesting uh, video blog on the YouTube channel. If you remember, we were uh, talking a, a couple of shows ago, actually a few shows ago as well, uh, several times about the use of white Carrara, the Carrara type marbles anyway, as uh, for shower floors and how ceiling really doesn't protect them from darkening. Uh, I actually set up an experiment that I did here just recently and recorded. I'm going to turn that into a, a video blog. So make sure you check that out. Just simply go to YouTube, type in the Stone and Tile Show. It'll take you to all the video blogs that, that, I, that I've done there. Okay, enough of the announcements. Let's get right into stain removal. Now, I covered this Oh, almost a year, over a year ago, I did a show on stain removal, and I thought it was worth repeating again, simply because I've got a few things that I did not mention in that show. I'm going to repeat some of the things that I that I did mention in that show, uh, just as a refresher, but a couple of little tips and tricks that I found over uh, some issues that I've run into in the past year, especially when it comes to the oxidation or what we call rusting. Of, uh, of white marble and how to remove it, or I should say how to attempt to remove it. So when it comes to stain removal, though, from a general standpoint, and I get you know, probably the number one question I get uh, from consumers as, as well as you professionals out there is, uh, you know, how do I get this stain out? And there's some interesting stains that have come up. Of course, uh, the latest and greatest, I should say, stain out there is the blue greenish bloom that occurs when you're using the uh, super glue, the CA glue. In other words, with the accelerator, some of your granites will actually get that bluish greenish stain on there. And there is a kit available uh, to remove that uh, kits available from Braxton Bragg as well as 10 X. Uh, so if you, you need that kit, you might want to hop on and, uh, and, and order that kit to remove that stain. That, by the way, that kit works on some other real difficult stains as well. So it's 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 a good kit to uh, to have around and available in your in your toolbox. Okay, let's uh, let's get into first of all stain removal and and what's what what's involved with stain removal. You know, and I always say that stain removal is not an exact science you know over the years i could say that i've been successful in removing stains as well as unsuccessful in removing stains and it depends on the number of factors and we're going to go over those factors here the first one being is what we call what is the stain you know the stain itself uh, if we don't know what caused the stain then it's going to be very difficult to go to a stain chart 
and try to use it. Now, what a lot of guys do is the first thing they do is they see a stain, they run out to the truck and they grab all kinds of chemicals. Uh, they may mix a poultice and they try this and try that. And that doesn't always work. If you get lucky, it'll work. Uh, but in some cases, uh, it doesn't work. And in many cases, you end up making the stain worse and what we call setting the stain. In other words, you made that stain permanent. Now it actually becomes part of the makeup of the stone. So uh, very important. I would say if I had one general rule when it comes to removing stains, that rule would be identify the stain, try to find out what caused the stain. Now, how do you go about doing that? Um, you got to put on your detective hat, and here's where you want to start asking questions. You know, looking at the location of the stain. Is it near a refrigerator where ketchup or something could have spilt out of the refrigerator? Uh, did a dog pee on that area? I just had had one a few months ago where we were perplexed as to what the stain uh, was caused by, why it was doing what it was doing, it was turning this brownish color on a white marble, and. Uh, got down on our hands and knees and took a whiff. And guess what? We smelt dog urine. So, you know, just something as simple as, as smelling the, the stain uh, can work as well. Um, you also want to look at the age of the stain. And that is, you know, how long has that stain been there? If someone calls you and says, well, I have the stain in my living room, marble floor. And it's been bothering me for quite a long time. And it's been there since 1939. Chances are it's not coming out. Uh, so, you know, knowing how old that stain is, the quicker you can get to a stain, uh, the higher chance of success uh, you're going to have. Of course, you want to look at the size of the stain, you know, what size it is. Does it have a pattern to it? Is it in an area that looks, you know, I had mentioned a minute ago, is it near a refrigerator? Is it in a traffic pattern? Is it near a coffee station, in a commercial building? You know, things of that you want to look at. So, you know, you, again, you want to put on your detective hat and, and look uh, on countertops. Kind of an interesting story I had one time. We had that, as I mentioned earlier, that bluish green bloom that occurs when using CA glue. And the fabricator called me and he said, Fred, we don't even use CA glue. I have no idea, you know, you know where this came from. So my first reaction was, well, maybe they made some kind of repair at the, at the stone supplier. Uh, on the slab. And the guy said, no, he said that there's been no repair done. And, and by the way, if you can't, a really good way to see if a uh, stone has been filled or repair is to use a blue light, you know, a UV light, a blue light, so lights you can buy on Amazon or eBay, whatever they, the carpet guys use for detecting urine. Uh, polyesters and epoxies repairs show up under that light. So uh, you might want to pick that light up. So anyway, we did that. You know, we, we checked it and there were no repairs on this at all, but we had this random bluish green spotting all over the place. So now we put on a detective hat and we determine, okay, what's going on here? Someone had caused this stain. was doing some work on the upper cabinets and they were these formica type cabinets and he was gluing some of the some of the um what do you call it the formica onto the cabinets with CA glue. And of course they used that accelerator and it, it's up high, it's above the countertop and when he sprayed it, it's in an aerosol can. Some of them are pump ups, but this not be aerosol. And the aerosol landed on the countertop, which caused the blue green stain. So 
Bingo, the fabricator in this case is off the hook. Of course, he you know volunteered to remove the stain, uh, but the cabinet guy uh, was at fault here, not not the fabricator. So that's just one example of of, of how to ex- you know to be a detective and examine some of these things. All right, once you've done that, uh, once you've identified the stain, the next thing you want to do is select the proper chemical to remove it, as well as the proper poultice. Now. I'm going to get kind of basic here because there may be some uh, people listening here that have never heard of the word poultice, but I'm going to explain what that is and how it works, and then we'll get into a little bit more detail of how to choose the proper uh, proper poultice for the type of stain and chemical as well. And the example I like to give when it comes to removing stain and describing what a poultice is, is imagine your stone, and this, by the way, this doesn't only work on stone, it works on anything porous. Uh, concrete, brick, uh, anything like that, is imagine that surface as nothing more than a sponge. Everybody knows what a sponge is, and a sponge has a lot of pores in it. Now, let's say we took Kool-Aid, for example, and we poured it on that sponge, and then we set that sponge out to dry. Well, of course, what would happen is the Kool-Aid would soak into the sponge. It would spread itself all around the sponge. The water from the Kool-Aid would evaporate away, and guess what you're left with? You're left with a red stain. Now, in order to remove that stain out of the sponge, or in this case, the stone, concrete, or brick, you have to reverse that somehow. In other words, you have to suck it out. How do you do that? Well, the first thing you do is you need a chemical that's going to react with that stain. That's where a stain chart comes in. And then, and you know, how do you suck it out? You can't stick a vacuum cleaner there and suck it out. That doesn't work. Believe me, I've tried it. Um, you have to use something absorbent like a poultice, and that's all a poultice is. And a poultice is an absorbent media that's absorbent. It could be talc. It could be flour. It could be diatomaceous earth, which is one of my favorites. It can be a paper towel, anything that has any kind of absorbency to it. We're, in a second, we're going to go through the detailed procedure of how to apply the poultice and the proper way to apply the poultice because – and in my experience, a lot of the guys out there are not applying it properly, and that's why it's not, not working. So the first thing you want to do is, of course, and I'll say this a million times, is identify the stain. Right? You've identified it. You've found out it's coffee, for example. Then you want to go to a stain chart, and on that stain chart, you look up coffee. And it'll tell you what to use. And coffee, I can tell you, they're probably going to use hydrogen peroxide. Now, a word of caution, and here's another tip or trick, if you will, is when I say hydrogen peroxide, I don't mean the hydrogen peroxide you buy at the grocery store or the drugstore. That's a very weak peroxide solution. You need a very strong solution of peroxide. So where do you go to buy that? Well, you have to buy several 55-gallon drums of it at a chemical supply or – uh, if you want a small quantity, you go to a beauty shop, some like Sally's or whatever your local beauty supply is where, where you're at, and you buy hair developer. It comes in volumes of 10, 20, I think 30, 30 volume. And you want to use, I, I generally use the 20 volume, but you can use a 30 volume. That's a stronger peroxide solution than the peroxide you buy to you know, put on your cuts or rinse your mouth out with. That's the type of peroxide you want. So we've identified the stain. In this case, it's coffee. It says to use peroxide. So now we want to choose a poultice. As I said, I tend to like diatomaceous earth. It's very clean. It's very absorbent. You may be asking, you know, 
what is diatomaceous earth? It's a it's a skeletal remains of a diatom. And where do you buy this? Well, you can buy it wherever they sell pool cleaning supplies. Uh, diatomaceous earth is a filter medium that's used in a lot of swimming pool filters. So uh, if you, I know Lowe's or Home Depot used to carry it. I'm not sure they still do. Uh, you might want to just check there, but you might even be able to get it at your local Ace Hardware or True Value. Uh, but I know any any place that that sells pool supplies, you know, here where I'm at, we have a, a pool supply called Pinch a Penny, uh, which sells it by 25 pound bag. So it's, it makes it really good. It's light. It's not dangerous to use. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. Diatomaceous earth is really good if you have an insect problem. Uh, sprinkle it around the around the house and it'll get rid of cockroaches, ants, whatever. And it's safe. I mean, your dog and cat can lick it and eat it. And it's not going to hurt them, actually. Uh, they use diatomaceous earth for deworming horses. Uh, they'll put it in the food. So just a little side trivia there when it comes to uh, diatomaceous earth, or sometimes you'll see it called DE powder. So <clears throat> I'm not sure if I got off track or not. So what happens with the poultice now, you have an absorbent material. You mix it with a chemical. And we're going to get into step-by-step step here in a second, but just for explanation of how a poultice works. You, you place that on the stain, and as the poultice, the, the powder, is drying out, it sucks up the stain because the chemicals reacted with the dye, and as it's, the poultice is drying, it's sucking it up. It's drying. In other words, um, if you took a dry paper towel, wadded it up, and stuck it in a glass of water only partway, you notice how it's wicking up into the dry part. That's exactly what a poultice does. But... In order for the poultice to work properly, it has to dry. And that's where a lot of you folks run into trouble is you remove that poultice too soon. You get the chemical reaction from the chemical, and sometimes that works. Uh, but in many cases, it doesn't. You're still left with the stain. So then what happens is you remove the poultice when it's still wet. And guess what? It doesn't work because it's not sucking up the, sucking up the, up the stain. So... Let's go over how to, the, the first things you want to do when you apply apply the poultice. And then I'm going to get into a little bit of detail on uh, the types of stains and how you can, uh, rather than go into a stain chart, there's a, a quick three chemicals that I generally use that will re work on most stains. And we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a minute. Okay, we already know step number one, and we already know the most important thing, and that is to identify the stain. Second thing you want to do is try cleaning the stained area. Uh, a lot of times you may find out that uh, it's not it's not stained. It's just on the surface. So you want to clean it. You can use a neutral cleaner. Uh, I like using acetone or alcohol, denatured alcohol. Uh, that, that'll clean up most stains. I've, I've had magic marker and Sharpies removed with just wiping it with some uh, denatured alcohol or, or acetone. Just be careful with acetone because it can, it can be really dangerous to your nervous system. So you make sure you want to wear uh, approved gloves for that. The step that's so that's step two. Step three is you want to check the surface to make sure there's no coating on it. You know if someone's you know put wax on it or some type of acrylic coating or urethane or whatever. So you know you basically want to check it. What I usually do is take a really sharp razor blade and just scrape the area and see if anything shaves off it. If it does, then we know we have a coating there. Uh, if there's something on, on top of the stone and it's coated, then guess what? It's not, you're not going to move the stain because you have to go through the coating before you do anything else. Step four, which is extremely important, and this is where 99% of the time 
people don't do. And that is you want to pre-wet the stained area before you apply the poultice. And why is that important? Let's go back to our sponge example. We have the sponge. We put the Kool-Aid on it. What happens as the Kool-Aid soaks in? What does it do? It spreads all throughout the, the sponge. It doesn't just stay right there, right? Well, if we apply the poultice, and that poultice has the chemical in it that reacts it, it's going to do the same thing. That chemical is going to go down into the stained area and spread all the way through and maybe even past the stained area. So if we pre-wet the area, we're actually filling the pores up. And then when we apply the poultice, it's slowly sinking into as the, as the water dries out of the of, of the stone, the pre-wet water dries out, it slowly soaks in. So what it basically does is it isolates the chemical and it increases the dwell time. So very, very important. Make sure step four, pre-wet the area. Then you prepare the poultice. And, you know, there are all kinds of remedies and, and recipes out there for how thick it should be. I like to say, you know, basically, if you mix it into like a creamy peanut butter or a thick yogurt, You've got about the right consistency. If it's too wet, it's going to run. It's going to take a longer time to dry. So usually I'd say about the consistency of a, of a creamy peanut butter. Then you want to apply the poultice. You don't want to apply it too thick because it'll take longer to dry. Uh, you basically apply it maybe maybe a quarter of an inch thick at the most. And make sure you overlap the stain area. So if you've got a stain the size of a quarter, you want to make sure you overlap overlap it by at least a half inch or more. Then you want to cover the poultice with a piece of plastic, tape it down, make sure you use non-painter's uh, tape if you don't want to use duct tape or, or um, masking tape because it may hurt the stone and the glue from the tape can sink and then you have another issue. Now, when you put the plastic on there, uh, and this is, a lot of times is going to depend on the environment you're in, whether you have high humidity, low humidity. If you're in a, a, an arid region like, say, Nevada, or you know Arizona, it's going to be very dry, so you need to cover it. Uh, if you're in a very humid area like Florida, there's been times I've never even covered it. I might just you know put something over the top of it so no one just you know messes with it. But if you do cover it, uh, you want to make sure you punch some holes in the plastic because if you seal it in, it'll never dry out. So you want to just punch a couple of holes in there uh, when you when you cover it. You let that set for about 12 to 24 hours. And then step five is you remove the poultice and you clean that area. Again, take some neutral cleaner and just wipe it down with acetone. Make sure it's dry. If it's not dry, let it dry. Or sometimes I've taken a hair dryer and kind of dried it out that way as well. So, you know, that might, that might work as well. Um, and then examine the area. Take a look at it and see if the stain is gone. I bet you dollars to donuts, it's probably not going to be gone in the first go around. It may take several applications. I've had, I've had some stains take 15 applications, and I don't want to frighten you or scare you away, but uh, it, it can take a, a long time sometimes, depending on the type of stain. Now, the general rule is, is if you apply the poultice, and you've done everything the way I have just mentioned, you know, very careful the way you do that, and you get some results. In other words, you know. 10% of the stain is, 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 is gone, then it's working. So that means you have to continue to do it again and again and again. A problem you run into, and here's another secret, and I get calls on this every, you know, I'll, I'll talk to customers especially, and I'll coach them how to apply the poultice just like I did here. As a matter of fact, on my video blog, 
one of my video blogs there has this step-by-step. It actually shows me applying a poultice. So if you want to take a look at that video blog, again, search on YouTube for the stone and tile show, and you'll, you'll, you'll find that video blog on stain removal. Um, but anyway, all, the call I get all the time is, Fred, I apply the poultice. The stain seems to have gotten bigger, but it's now darker. What's happening there is that the moisture from the poultice is soaking into the stone. And when you remove that poultice, even when it's dry, it still has residual moisture in there. So what I tell people to do, if that happens, take some dry powder, and whatever powder you use, diatomaceous earth, flour, whatever, and just sprinkle that on the area. Dry. Don't mix it with water or any other chemical. Just sprinkle it on the area and let it sit overnight, and it should wick the rest of it, rest of it out. I mean, the other option is to... Uh, is to just let it dry out by itself, but that could take a long, long time. All right, let me give out the phone number here one more time. That's 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. If you have a question on stain removal or anything else, I'm going to get into a little bit more detail here in a second. But before we do, let me go ahead and uh, uh, listen to one of our sponsors. Be right back after this. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right. It's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All right, folks, we're back. And, uh, you know, one of the things, I, another question I get when it comes to you know, rule number one, and we all know what rule number one is, identify the stain. What if you can't? You know, what if you can't identify the stain? Well, there's there's several things you can do. Uh, there's a procedure that I've written called the unknown stain removal procedure. And if you want to send me an email, I'll be glad gladly send you that. That's fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. And you can go through that step by step. And it's kind of a flow chart thing. You do this. And then if that don't work, you do this. The other way is to do a spot test. And here's where I get into the three chemicals that I generally use to remove almost any stain. And um, in order to describe that, uh, let me first describe the type of stains that we're dealing with. The type of stains that we deal with are generally three types of stains. There's organic, inorganic, and biological. So let's, let's describe each one of those. Your organic stains are anything food-related, or what was once food-related, what was once living, hence the word organic. So, you know, ketchup, wine, uh, some oils, uh, they're all considered organic in nature. Okay, so if you want to think of it as mostly food items, that's organic. The second is inorganic, and these are your metals, like aluminum, rust, bronze, things things of that nature. It's inorganic, non-living things. And then you have biological, and what biological stains are, are actively living stains. This would be algae, lichens, fungus, mold, mildew, things of that, things of that nature. 
So the three chemicals I use, well, actually there's a chemical for each one of them, is for organic stains. You might want to write this down. For organic stains, you want to use hydrogen peroxide. And again, the peroxide that I had mentioned a minute ago, you want to use a strong 20-volume peroxide, not the grocery store volume. For inorganic stains, these as you know, your, your, your metals, your metal stains, I like using a product called Iron Out. And I'm going to get into another little trick for, for rust and iron removal here in a minute. Uh, but Iron Out. Iron Out is sold at plumbing supplies, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, uh, in the plumbing department. Now, it's used for water softness to remove iron, but it works really, really well. It's a powder form for removing iron for the, for the most part. And then, of course, you have your biological stains, your actively living stains, and that you can use bleach. And there are, there are, strong, there, there are additives that you can put to bleach that makes it stronger. It actually increases the chlorine content. Uh, there's one product out there you can buy, I think, in the home improvement stores called Jomax. And uh, you just want to be real careful with bleach because bleach can cause, cause some issues. You can use peroxide on those biological stains as well. So you might want to try uh, peroxide. You know, another off the cuff here, kind of a side note when it comes to peroxide is that everyone's familiar with OxyClean, right? Well, OxyClean is peroxide. It's a dry form of hydrogen peroxide. So you could mix some OxyClean as well. Uh, that'll serve the same, same purpose. All right. Let me um, talk about one thing, and I, I had mentioned at the very beginning, and that's the iron oxidation or the rust that you see in white marble. And I came up with a procedure that uh, is somewhat successful, not not 100% successful, but, uh, you know, as you all know, the um, white marble oxidizes uh, when it gets when it gets wet uh, because the iron in the stone oxidizes. In other words, it rusts and sometimes can be very difficult to remove. Well, one way to remove it is as follows. This is one of my top secret uh, formulas here. Is you want to obtain some oxalic acid. Uh, oxalic acid for you guys in the business know where to get that. A lot of the suppliers sell it. But uh, if you're a consumer out there listening, uh, if you go into a hardware store or even a home improvement store and look for wood bleach, wood bleach is pure oxalic acid. You want to mix about a pound of oxalic acid to a gallon of water uh, and mix it up. Just mix it up really, really good. It's going to take several minutes to mix up really, really good. And then you want to add about six or seven drops of dish detergent to that jug. Shake that up. You want to put that into a spray bottle, and then you want to spray the area, the stained area, with that. Now, a warning, that's going to etch the surface of the, of the marble. Okay, so you're going to have to repolish afterwards or get someone to come in and repolish it. But um, spray it on there. Let it sit for a few minutes. Don't let it dry. If it starts drying, spray more on there. And then you want to take a, another spray bottle with water and either a couple drops of detergent in there or use a neutral cleaner and spray that. You may have to do that several times. Now, if that doesn't work or if it only gets you part of the way, then you want to use a poultice using the iron out. So uh, I've been pretty successful in, in that procedure for the most part. I mean, there has been some issues, again, going back and looking at, you know, how old the stain is. Has it been there for a while? Uh, also, I forgot this, 
the number one rule when it comes to removing that type of oxidation, that rust, is make sure the, the moisture has stopped. I mean, it rusted for some reason. It could have been high humidity. Uh, it could have been, you know, the floor got wet, a heater broke, whatever. Um, so make sure the floor is dry. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Now, another question I get all the time is that, Fred, I have this yellow stain, brown stain, reddish stain on my marble floor, marble countertop or whatever. How do I know it's iron? Uh, how do I know it's rust? How do I know it's not something else, like someone peed on it or something? Um, and it's very simple. Uh, there's a product out there by Alpha Tools, Alpha Professional Tools, called RSR2000. It stands for Rust Stain Removal 2000. I use that product. It works sometimes to remove rust, but what it really works really well as, as an iron indicator. It's a clear gel. It smells really bad. It's got a sulfur smell to it. And basically, what you do is you put a, a little drop on, on the area that's stained. You wait a minute or two. If it turns purple, it's a positive indication for rust uh, iron. So, you know, if you don't get that, then you're probably not dealing with rust. You may be dealing with, you know, a, a discoloration due to waxes, uh, you know, a carpet that was placed there and got wet and the jute backing leached into it. So there's any number of things, again, have to put on your uh, your detective hat there. All right, I'm about ready to wrap things up here, but I want to give out the phone number one more time if you have any questions. It's 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. And again, my email is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. And let's take a quick break here, and I'll be right back. The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. All right, folks, we're back. You know, one thing I did want to mention, too, and this is especially true for consumers or for your consumers, and, you know, that is, you know, how do I make this whole process, this pulpicing process simple? Well, it just so happened I have invented a product called a stained sponge, which is a self-contained poultice that already has a chemical, and it basically looks like a about a three-inch by five-inch uh, bag that has all the poultice powder and the chemical in there. And you just simply wet that and you slap it on the, uh, on the stained area. It makes it real easy for cleanup or whatever. So uh, uh, if you want to get those, those are carried by Braxton Braggs and uh, actually Stu Rosen carries them too with MB stone. So you might want to contact those guys and uh, it comes in a pack of three, or I think you can buy them in bulk as, uh, as well. So, um, and also 10 X has a similar product called a, uh, I think it's called a poultice pouch or, or, or something like that. So you might want to check with those guys. Um, 
Okay, uh, God, there's a bunch of things I could I could discuss when it comes to, comes to stain removal. I do have a uh, an electronic book available, a PDF book available on stain removal. It's a book I wrote. Actually, it was the first book I ever wrote a long, long time ago. So if you want to jump on on my website, which is stoneforensics.com, and order that, uh, it's under the publications and reports section under there. And it's a pretty extensive book. It not only goes into stain removal, it talks about sealers and pregnators, and things uh, uh, things of that nature. So you might want to go ahead and check that out as well. Okay, let me kind of do a recap right here on the uh, on stain removal and uh, uh, what to look for when it comes to removing the stain. Of course, we know rule number one: identify the stain. Step two: clean the stained area. Step three: remove the coating. Step four: pre-wet the area. Step five: prepare the poultice. And step six, apply the poultice and cover the poultice, remove it, and do it again and again and again until the stain's gone. And hopefully the stain uh, will be gone. All right, I got a few things to uh, wrap up here yet, but before we get off the air, uh, let's listen to our sponsor. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bond Stone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. All right, folks, uh, you know, I know I repeated myself, but we added a few things from the last stain removal show I did, which was over a year ago now. So, again, if anybody has any questions uh, after the show here, anytime, just feel free to send me an email at fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. As I mentioned, we've got a lot of exciting uh, shows coming up, a lot of great interviews uh, uh, this coming year. If anybody knows anyone that has something interesting uh, to share with the stone and tile industry, please feel free to drop me an email, and we'll see if we can arrange uh, to get you interviewed uh, on the air. And again, thanks to my sponsors, uh, National Tile Contractors Association, Tough Skin Protection, and ESP Sales. So thanks for listening, folks. Until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends.